Um, so occasionally on my way to work in the mornings, I will listen to the Bobby Bones Show. Anybody else listen to the Bobby Bones Show here and there? Uh, so for those of you that don't know, it's a country radio morning show. It's syndicated. It's all over the U.S. Um, I, it was one of those things like when it first started, I didn't really like it, and it slowly grew on me. Uh, they do this segment every day that's called Tell Me Something Good. And so at least uh, for a few seconds every day during the show, they try to bring some positivity, shine some light on something really good that's happened. And so this week, one of the days I was driving to school, uh, they were just... Um, they requested a call in. Hey, somebody call in and, and tell us something good. And there was this guy, he called in, he was a young man, and he said, hey, I'm actually on my way uh, to the hospital to do uh, some physical rehabilitation. And they were kind of joking, like, well, that doesn't sound good. Tell us something good. And so he explained that uh, about a year ago to that point, he had been in a serious car wreck where he was ejected from the car. And in that process, he lost his leg like in that same process. So he's laying on the side of the road and his leg is gone and he's bleeding out. And there's this young lady who just happens to be driving by. And he explains that she was visiting from Kansas City. She's there to attend a bachelorette party for one of her friends. She happened, so happened to be a triage nurse. Triage nurse. Uh, and so she's seen some crazy things and, and not one of those people who gets rocked easily. And so she sees this happen and she stops the car and she says, hey, I have to help this guy. She gets out and she builds a tourniquet from this young man's belt as he's laying there uh, with his leg cut off and he's bleeding out. She takes his belt and she takes the belt from a passerby and she gets this tourniquet made and ends up saving his life. And he later finds out, he's told by the doctors, hey, if that young woman had not been there, you would have bled out in seven minutes. It took eight minutes for the ambulance to get there. And so... It's one of those things where we kind of see like a miraculous situation happen. Somebody was there uh, at the right place at the right time with the right set of skills that had the opportunity to change a life. And for us, it just takes that instance. It takes us being in the right place at the right time with the right opportunity to change a life. And we never know when that might be able to happen. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37, uh, it's one of Jesus's most famous parables. And he says, uh, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. God has you in the right place at the right time. God has you in the right place at the right time. 
Doesn't matter what your life circumstance may be at this moment. Doesn't matter if you're loving it or you are hating it. God has you in the right place at the right time. In Acts 17, 26, 27, it says, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. See, when it comes to being neighborly, what I don't want us to do is to prescribe to accident. I don't want us to think that we just happen to come across opportunities where we might show the world Jesus by being their neighbor. God has you in the right place at the right time. Have you heard me say that yet? To serve a specific group of people You live in the day and age that you do. You have the job that you have. You come across the people you do. You live in the city you do. Your kids are enrolled at the school that they are enrolled in so that you can have the opportunities that God wants you to have to serve the world around you. Now, there have been times in my life where I have found myself in a place that I have not enjoyed. Okay? And there are times in my life where I've been really high up on the mountain, so to speak, where everything seems to be going well. In both instances, God is using us to be able to serve those people around us through those circumstances. The question is, will you seize those opportunities when they come? Will you seize those opportunities when they come? Or will you avoid them for whatever reason? Even what may seem like a good reason when they arise. Do you look at, hey, how can I serve my my child's teacher? Or... How can I serve my next door neighbor to show them Jesus and just help their life be better? What about the people I just randomly come across in my day to day? What about the people I work with, that one that's really annoying, who doesn't really do their job and is always asking me for help and it's just like, hey, I've got my thing taken care of. Can you please just take care of yours? Can we be a neighbor to those people? Can we love those people in times where, to be honest, we really don't want to? See, in Jesus' parable, the most obvious options to come to the rescue were those closest to him, right? We have the priest that comes by first and the Levite. Both of these people in in Jesus, what am I saying? Jesus and Jewish at the same time. Both of these people in Jewish culture were looked on in a very healthy manner so to speak. They looked at these individuals and they would have said, hey, the priest and and the Levite, we hold these people in high regard. This is the epitome of our culture. The Levites, the tribe of priests that that were descendants from Levi, right? And, and, And it's just, hey, these are the people that they would have looked to, the priests, they would have held in such high regard. These would have been the people that should have done the right thing. Who, When they came across this man, a fellow Jew that was beaten and robbed and bloodied and half dead, they should have went out of their way to say, hey, I'm going to help this person. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that I serve them. Right? And so he's talking to this teacher of the law, uh, other uh, translations will just call him a lawyer. This is somebody who... Uh, and, and this is Old Testament law, right? So this is like God's law. So this is an expert in that law. And, and, and so Jesus is kind of rocking this guy's world. He's telling him, hey, here comes this priest and this Levite, somebody that you hold in the highest regard, somebody that you put on a pedestal above everybody else, and they walked right by this man. And then here comes this Samaritan. And I wish that I was there when Jesus told this story because I guarantee that there would have been an audible gasp. <gasps> Samaritan. Here comes this Samaritan, and the Samaritan takes the time out of his day to serve. See, 
This one of the stories, I know we've all heard it before, but we really have to wrap our head around it. The Samaritan, this unclean person, this person that the Jewish faith would have looked down upon and said, hey, we can't have anything to do with him. This Samaritan, this young man who would have been raised up throughout his entire life to live separate of Jews, to stay away, don't want trouble, stay away from the Jews. This person who the Jewish man in the ditch would have looked upon if he was in the same situation and said, I'm going to leave that guy there. Or who would have looked down upon him just because of who he was. It's that person that went out of his way, used his own funds, used his own resources, put the man in an inn, went completely off track of what his day's intentions were to help this man in need. He followed his heart. He followed his heart instead of his head. He did what Jesus would want us all to do, what Jesus himself would have done, what God would have wanted his followers to do. This man did that. While the church, the elite, walked right on by. Jesus goes on to teach them a very important lesson. When it comes down to it, it's not who lives in closest proximity to us, but it's the one who chooses to serve that's our neighbor. When it comes down to it, it's not those that we live in closest proximity with, it's those that we choose to serve that are our neighbors. But as your pastor, I will say this. Shouldn't it be that those that we are in closest proximity to are the ones that we serve? Shouldn't it be that the ones that we are in closest proximity to are the ones that we serve? I will tell you that part of this series, it kind of fell in our laps. It's also something that Jarek and I lately have been struggling with. She's talked about being convicted about being better neighbors. And I would not say that we're bad neighbors. We're just not really neighbors. Like we live next door, but we don't really know anything about any of the people around us. Like there's been a time where an old guy uh, had his riding lawnmower fall on top of him and I went and like lifted it off of him. That's about as neighborly as I went, but I don't know his name. I mean, I wave at him from day to day and that makes me feel good, right? I'm, look how good of a neighbor I am. How's it going? Uh, we're just not very good neighbors. And it, it, this is one of the things I've noticed. Not very many of our neighbors go to church. On Sunday morning, they're not leaving when we're leaving. We'll see them out in their yard in their bathrobes, watering plants or uh, working in their garage or doing other things. But our neighbors aren't the church type folk. They just don't go. Maybe they were at some point in their life. Maybe they watched people on TV. I don't know. But as far as getting up on a Sunday morning and going to church to be among a body of believers, they don't do that. And it's kind of dawned on me that, hey, you know what? It's my responsibility to be a neighbor to those individuals so that they can be introduced to who Jesus is. I'm living in the right place at the right time, in the right neighborhood, in the right house, on purpose, because God wanted it to be that way to serve my community. And yet when I get home, unless it's just us going for a walk, I don't really go outside of those four walls. 
Now listen, sometimes being neighborly is one of those things that's reciprocal. Like you can't just force yourself being a neighbor on somebody you live near if they don't want anything to do with it. But how much effort do we put into that? Some of you, listen, some of you may be really great neighbors. And I, if that's you, wonderful, right? But that can apply, hello, that can apply to, you can apply this to work. You can apply this to just everyday happenstance. I'm at the gas station and somebody drops something or can't afford gas or needs this or needs that. We can apply this to every realm of our life, but we, we think specifically about those that we live nearest. How many of us can say, I know my neighbor's names, maybe the four houses that live around us, right? Good. That's fantastic. I'm glad that that's the case. How many of us can say, and I don't necessarily need you to raise your hands or not, but uh, feel free. Uh, how many of us can say that we regularly take opportunities to serve our neighbors in different ways that we can? Maybe we help them rake the yard or we uh, provide them dinner when they're going through a hard time or whatever it may be. Hey, we'll collect your mail while you're on vacation. Uh, whatever it is, right? We have to be good neighbors in order to be good Christians, we're going to talk about that in a second. We have to be good neighbors in order to be good Christians. Because at the end of the day, we have to take the greatest commandment seriously. In Matthew 26, or 22, 36 through 40, again, a similar story. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Isn't it crazy that Jesus being able to summarize the entire law, the entirety of what we as his followers should be, he can summarize it into these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. What if we could break down our lives into just those two facets? What if we could just focus on those two things? We'll love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and we'll love our neighbor as ourselves. What if we could do that? What if we could dwell on that? What if we could make that our life goal and our life mission? How different do you think the world around us would be? If that person at work who's not really doing their job well and is always looking for you to pick up the slack, what if we went to them joyfully before they had to ask and said, hey, I'm at a place where if you need any help, I'm here to help you. Just let me know what can be done. I know that's difficult. I know that's difficult. What if we could go to our teachers, our, our students' teachers, before they ever had to call home, or even if it was for good or bad, and just said, hey, I just wanted to talk to you about how our kids were doing it. Is there any way that we can help serve you? Is there anything that we can do to make your life easier, whether it involves our child or not? We just want to be here to help out. What if we looked at people on the side of the road with signs that said, hey, we'll work for food or starving or God bless or too ugly to do things that will earn me money other ways? What if we looked at those people and our first thought wasn't, hey, deadbeat, get a job? Or you're just going to buy alcohol with it anyways. Or you don't look too hungry. 
or they already have bags of food sitting by their feet? What if our first thought was, how can I love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and how can I love my neighbor as myself? See, our neighbors aren't just those that we are in closest proximity to. Yes, those should be people that we are serving. Those should be people that we know. Those should be people that we have relationships with. We should be seizing opportunities to show them what Jesus means to us in our lives on a daily basis if those moments arise. But our neighbors are whoever we come across that we so choose to serve. The people we work with, the people that are mere acquaintances, the people we don't really know anything about, complete strangers. When we see needs arise, we're supposed to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Our world today is so focused on self, on on providing for your own needs, on making sure that your family is taken care of, on making sure that you are glorified, on making sure that you're building yourself up. And listen, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking care of your family. I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying, I've got to put my kids and my wife first or my parents first or whatever. First. I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there's nothing that tells us that we should only care about us or we should only care about our family or we should only care about our kids. As we start to approach Christmas, and it comes close to the time where Jesus was brought into this world to show us the way, it dawns on me that one of the most important things that we can do, not just in this season, but throughout the entire year, is be a neighbor. If Jesus can summarize the entirety of the law in two things, to love God and love your neighbor, that tells me that that second is really pretty important. The love God thing, that makes sense to us. We all, we all get that. See, but the love your neighbor thing can be really difficult because people be getting on your nerves. And sometimes you just want to snatch them bald. And that's, in your mind, a lot easier to do. No offense, Jake. It's a lot easier to do than to put your arm around them, to love them, and to say, hey, I just want you to know that I'm glad you're here. If there's anything I can do to help you, let me know, because I'd love to be able to serve. God has used this series, he's used this sermon to really work inside of me, because those that are closest to me will tell you that I can be pretty critical at times. And I can see faults in others and find things annoying and just go to town. I can do some really great impersonations, just so you know. Like, I don't have any of anyone in here, but maybe I'll work on it just to show you. I don't know who, but if there's any volunteers, maybe Jack. All I got to do is drum with no shoes on, unless it's getting close to winter. Right, but... My point is this, it's really easy, it's really easy to fall into a negative mindset. It's really easy to see all the things that we don't like. It's really easy to see all the things that make us different from others and that make us separate from others and and allow us to say, hey, I really shouldn't even have anything to do with that person. 
But God wants us to be the person that steps out to change a life, even, even if we're the last person that anyone ever expects. You see, the Samaritan went above and beyond the call of duty, beyond anybody's wildest dreams or expectations for what he would have done. He just blew it all away. Defy expectations. Defy expectations. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. Lord, I hope that this message resonates. I hope that all of us can see and apply this to our lives, the areas that need improvement, whether that be at our workplace, whether that be in our own home, whether that be with our next door neighbors or just the random stranger that we come across. It's our job to show mercy on others. It's our job to have grace and love and to put that out into the world to make a difference. God, you have us in the right place at the right time. You give us the, the specific opportunities that you do to serve specific people, even ones that we don't like. Sometimes the ones that we like the least. God, you put those people in our path and, and you just put us in a place to make a difference in our world. God, I pray that you help us to seize those opportunities when they arise, that you don't, for whatever reason, uh, allow us to let those just pass by, God, but that when those do come up, God, that we will do everything in our power to make a difference, to show the world that you are a very real God that is living and breathing and existing in us and that your followers, they're different. God, convict us of the areas where we need to improve. Give us the strength and the wisdom to take the steps that are necessary to do so. But at the end of the day, God, make it our heart's desire, our deepest longing to love you with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as we would love ourselves. God, if we can do those two things, we will change the world. Starting right here in Republic and the different communities that we live. If we can just do those two things, it will make all the difference. God, in all of this, we just want the glory to be yours. In all of this, let the glory be yours. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.